OSL is the leading distributor of radiotherapy patient positioning equipment and physics QA products for the UK and Ireland, supplying both the NHS and private sectors. We currently have a busy event schedule and will be attending many conferences in the next few months and many of the regional study days. For a full list of where to meet us, please do get in touch. As well as our event schedule, we also have a busy product portfolio that has recently been updated to. This includes Sky Factory for state-of-the-art visual LED lighting. We have MyQA Ion and Ion RT from IBA for automated patient-specific QA for photon, electron and proton radiotherapy. And we also have MR Box from our AI suppliers at Therapanacea, allowing AI-powered MR-only workflows for a more consistent and high-quality planning pathway. For SGRT, we have a vast range of open-faced thermoplastic masks, as well as surface-guided compatible clear bolus from ClearSight, preventing any risk of interference between the skin surface and your SGRT solution. And as always, do not hesitate to get in touch to discuss your product and service requirements with our friendly and knowledgeable team. Our account and clinical specialists are from a radiotherapy and physics background, and we are more than happy to chat about the clinical benefits and the workflow of all of our products. and welcome to Rad Chat, the multi-award winning therapeutic radiographer-led oncology podcast. My name is Joe McNamara and I'm joined by fellow host Norman Jolka Anderson. Hi everyone. So we've had them, we've got officially the most people in the pod box we've had um, and we have also had on a previous episode Kerry Mills talking about her role. Um, so oh thanks for doing a picture live. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to start with you Ryan and we'll work yes. our way around. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure my name's Ryan Carr. I'm a sonographer working down in Brighton. I'm one of Kerry's wonderful clinical fellows. Um, I also work in the uh, advanced practice faculty in NHSE as the cancer and diagnostic training program lead um, with the wonderful Heather Nesbitt. Oh, I love yeah. Heather. You all love Heather. Yeah, she's great. great. Hello. Yes, I'm Helen Watts. Um, my background is diagnostic radiography. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone yeah. does that. It's, it's almost like a dog's <laughs> We do love we our diagnostic goddess. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my specialty is plain film reporting and I work at South Tees NHS Trust in the sunny northeast of England um, and I'm also a clinical <laughs> fellow with this wonderful bunch of people. And you're coming on the podcast soon, aren't you? Apparently For a so. full, <laughs> full episode. Oh. <laughs> um, I'm Emma Compton, much like Helen, my background is diagnostic radiography and I am a lead reporter red for at Guys and St. Thomas's. Go on, Kerry, get on in there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Go on. Uh, Kerry Mills, National Programme Lead for Cancer Diagnostics, and the Workforce Training and Education Director at NHS England. So, Kerry, these are what you call your fellows, your, I know, your I'm tribe. My tribe. Your tribe, as you prefer to. Can you just quickly say why are these guys so important in to the work that you do? Okay, so over the last 12 months, we've been able to take a lot of work to kind of demystify, raise awareness, and really try to articulate the different levels of practice and what that looks like, like within radiography. Within and obviously a lot of our funding streams of education and training, a lot of it is going to be sort of like um, aimed at specific levels of practice. So about 18 months ago, as I've mentioned before, we had a lot of work on, I knew I couldn't do it myself, so I really went out and we had some amazing response, looking for aspiring and current consulting practitioners to come in and really support the work that we're doing from the national level. And 
to support regions and also at service uh, and uh, kind of uh, system level as well. So that's where they've come in. But it's also worked out that it's a strategic development opportunity for themselves yeah. because in their current role, and I'm sure they'll talk about it, that seems to be the thing that was lacking. And I knew that was something that was lacking in my own training, hence why I have a, a wonderful tribe. But I'll let them do a lot of talking. What's, so, what's she like as a manager? Okay. <laughs> she is fabulous. She is a role model, and she is supportive every minute of the day. Absolutely. Uh, um, think, uh, sorry, Ryan. I just think uh, she's managed to kind of wipe stuff out that I have that I hadn't realised in myself, but I've kind of realised it now. So it's been really, really good. And the thing you get from Kerry. Absolute honesty, <laughs> but one of the it's things brutal, that, isn't it? it's absolutely well, you know, I think it's things you can work on. And you know, she talks to us a lot about being vulnerable in leadership, and you often don't see that. Um, so, I think it's important for us to acknowledge that that's what's happening. Actually, we can start equating that to how we behave. So, that's been really important. It's, it's, it's so much more for me, I guess. So let's start with you, Emma. Yeah. What are you doing as part of your fellowship? Um, so my main project that I'm leaving on is looking at the directory of postgraduate courses that relate to enhancing knowledge practice. So the sort of main thing we're looking to produce is a, a directory, so a list of the courses that fulfil that criteria to help sort of individuals, trusts, but also the uh, faculty to so try and direct the sort of end user to the most appropriate courses, um, but also a little bit of engagement with the HEIs to try and Sort of figure out where the gaps are geographically but also in terms of different specialties. Um, so there are a few areas of radiography where there aren't a lot of post-provision. So I think nuclear medicine is a little bit, DEXA um, is another one which you can probably remember, I can't remember. <laughs> um, and really just trying to engage them, also a little bit of work around communication and the society I'm working on is trying to define what the clinical pillar looks like for consultant practitioners. Um, I have to say, we haven't got any of therapeutic radiographer clinical fellows here. They, they have been here, <laughs> they've run away, um, but they're involved in all of these projects as well. And we've got uh, Louisa, who's a nuclear medicine um, technologist as well. So, you know, capturing all of that. It's probably something that's been needed for a while, but what we're trying to do is map all of the documentation around it, trying to pull that together with job descriptions, what the current practice looks like, to see where we need to go to the future. And that's obviously going to feed into the type, type of training funding that can go into creating these consultant training plans moving forward. So really important work. Um, another project is evaluating the e-portfolio route for the um, plan to practice accreditation. And we're working with uh, the wonderful Beth Snake, 
from there, uh, led through the University of Bradford. So we're just you know assessing what the successes were um, and how that's that how practitioners who are undertaking that felt. It's been quite challenging for some people. Um, another project we're all working on collectively is to, to see what the success of the clinical fellowships are, because it's it's certainly something we needed that's needed to be done for a while from what Kerry was saying. Um, but in order to, to show how successful we are, we need to put some research into it. Um, so that's those are the projects that I'm working on. We can already see a massive change in ourselves in our development and opening sort of our eyes and minds as to what's going on regionally and nationally. But if this is to be an opportunity maybe in the future for other people, we need to demonstrate that and measure that. So in five years' time, if we look back, what are we going to see? Future leaders in radiography, seven <laughs> 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 No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Potentially, I don't know. I could be digging my own grave here, couldn't I? No, I think that there will definitely be an impact. I think they will, through their own lived experiences of being able to do something like this, go and role model and then also be able to go and mentor and coach others who that they see, you know, the same type of vulnerability or the same type of lack of exposure. So this, you know, it's even things like the terminology. I think it's very different when you're in that regional and national space and even just hearing that and feeling comfortable with it. You know, and that's something that, you know, it seems so small, but actually it's really important. And, and to actually be able to have some impact when you're in those meetings, you need to be able to engage with that language because you need to be able to talk the talk and walk the walk to actually be able to have that. It's really sad, the clinical voice feels really lacking sometimes in that real sort of strategic place. And so I think anything we can do to increase. So certainly I would love to see in five years' time that uh, there is lots more range offers in that strategic space because I think that's where we're going to have a real impact. Where is the output of all of this work going to sit? I'm just thinking for people in clinical who are listening to you talk about your projects going, oh, that sounds really interesting. Where are they going to be able to access everything that you're doing and potentially maybe some of the recommendations or implementation strategies that you've got? I think certainly for the um, consultant role, it will be through funding opportunities. What we've found in all of our projects is that lack of what we see from the national team actually benefiting the shop floor. Yeah. So if they see leaders who are understanding up there but also accessible on the shop floor, I'd like to think that that is the success of what we're doing. So I think it's the engagement um, of it. Um, it's also humanising these things and making sure people understand um, that not everybody gets it right first time and you know, you've got to demonstrate that there's a process behind it and the struggle behind it. So. You know, when we see people who are in these national roles are almost untouchable, but actually someone sitting within your department and they've experienced part of that, hopefully it's something they can learn. And then, where are the targets to Communication is a massive thing and I think we're very aware of the sort of a gap between national policy and guidance and actually radiographers on the ground in departments and that's through nobody's fault, it's just the system is huge, it's, it's a massive beast so we're looking at trying to improve those communications and it is trying to run a little bit AI needs to help us prioritise emails which we've already said, you need AI to go, Joe you need to reply to this today <laughs> But it is, it 
it is so imperative because there is such amazing work going on nationally and regionally, but actually it's that dissemination that really is the difficult part because you do amazing work, recommendations, and then people reflect back going, why has it not been implemented? Well, it yeah. might just be because they've never heard about yeah. it in the first place. So if people want to get the newsletter, how do they get the newsletter? We have a strategy, <laughs> but generally we're going to circle that to ACP leads, AHP leads, the regional faculties and disseminate out from there. Um, you can also email, email us directly and we'll disseminate that out as well. Perfect. Just to say we're also working with the College Range Office and hopefully to technology service managers using yeah. their platform as well. It'll also be hosted on the NHS Futures platform as well on page in the future as well. So there's something kind of like I suppose the result of you know, reports and, and guidance and recommendations that we bring in the field, they will be sort of like a, Digital format of yeah. people to access as well. And Brad Chat will share. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Can I just quickly, I do not just say a quick shout out to Katie and Kim and Louisa. And it's not a radio show, is it? Katie, Kim, <laughs> Louisa and Rachel. What's your favourite song? Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> they're the other clinical fellows who aren't here with us today, and they're absolutely brilliant as well. Like I said, it's a holistic and eclectic bunch group that we've got with me, which is great, and also they are being um, supported by Beverly Snade and Melanie Clarkson as well, who are you know, very big in the advanced practice and consultant world, so we're really grateful to them as well. Yeah. Amazing. So one last, last question, because no one's got to go and get trained. Um, in terms of kind of personal aspirations, what do you think you've got most out of being a fellow? Um, so I still, I still work clinically a couple of days a week, and I've, I've been working in a regional role in the advanced practice faculty. Um, and step, a bit like what Kerry was saying in her um, podcast, stepping into that kind of national role, understanding the languages and why that is so important, I think is the, it's the biggest thing that I've probably learned. And making those connections. It's very uncomfortable um, to network sometimes, but you've, you've kind of got to lean into that. I can't a little believe bit. you've said that, Ryan. We networked really well the first night we well, met. there was alcohol in <laughs> Lots of. <laughs> um, but I think it's understanding that. And, you know, you have to be... Um, you have to be on all the time when you're in that role. So you've, you've got to understand that the words that you're saying, you're fully behind them and you're saying the right thing. So it, it's really checking in with yourself on those. I mean, that's the most important thing. I think it's that strategic insight, that step back and seeing the bigger picture. But I think for me personally, it's finding my voice and my place in that and, and bringing my authentic self, that's okay. Like, yeah. I, my opinion matters. Um, and I think week to week, dealing with the fear. Yeah. Every week, you're like, I don't know if I'm going to do this, but you do it. And then it's fine and you feel better the next time. Kind of lean on from what Helen said, I think we also got quite a lot of the imposter syndrome in the early days, but we've all kind of and now accepted that we are supposed to be here and we've got the right to be here. Um, and then for me, it's just getting that uh, sort of operational and strategic experience that will bridge the gap between advanced and sort of practice, which is where I'm going to be. Amazing. And peer support. Absolutely. Yeah. All of you, just looking at how much you WhatsApp each other. <laughs> <laughs> My WhatsApp is muted. <laughs> how rude. Don't worry, it's on all the groups. <laughs> you get removed from the group. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> well, thanks.
thank you all so much for joining us in the pod box. Um, we will continue to share the amazing work you're doing and disseminate out to the radiography workforce. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you both. Ta-da!